Hello, everyone, and welcome to the eighth episode of the Academic Skills Center's Savvy Student Podcast. The Academic Skills Center offers a wide range of student resources from writing courses to workshops to stats, math, accounting, and SPSS tutoring. Today, I'm speaking with WCSS core faculty member, Dr. Heidi Marshall. So maybe they get a paper back that has a lot of APA corrections or some writing feedback that they've never received before. Mm-hmm. That can very often be perceived as a failure. They have failed at this. You know, I think what, you know, my goal is to to sort of move away from that because you're not failing at something when you've never done it before, right? You're simply learning. You're expanding your level of experience and knowledge, and that might come with some more critical feedback than you've received. The idea then is you need to take that and build on it, and you need to, you know, take that as a learning experience. My name is Sean Piest. I'm the manager of faculty outreach and student communication for the Academic Skills Center. And I am your host of the Savvy Student Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today to what turned out to be a lengthy and informative discussion on various levels of academic literacy. So sit back, listen up, and get ready for a great show. Welcome, Heidi Marshall, to the eighth episode of the Academic Skills Center Savvy Student Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, as I do with most folks who join uh, the podcast, I am going to read over your bio from the Academic Skills Center website. And as a disclaimer, sometimes they aren't, these aren't as updated as they should be. So if I miss something or I need to, you need to fill in a gap, that is why you are here. So you live in Minnesota. You joined Walden in 2007. You hold an MFA in creative writing and a doctoral, a doctorate of education in higher education and adult learning. You are the president and founder of Reclaim Fit. And at Walden, you work, you worked, excuse me, as a writing instructor and associate director of the Academic Skills Center. Currently, you are Walden Center for Student Success part-time core faculty who teaches all six doctoral writing workshops and a variety of the Center for Student Success courses, which may go through a name change at one point in time. Did I did was that did I hit everything correctly? Yeah, just about. I was also at Walden. I've served in the role as of a form and style editor. Oh, okay. So in the writing center, you worked as an editor. Yep. Oh, very cool. Okay. See, I did not know that. <laughs> well, it was both. So I see. Yeah, I started as a writing instructor, moved over to the form and style team, and then moved over to the academic skills center. Oh, really? I'm sorry, um, Sean. My cat seems to have found the loudest toy he could possibly have found. So just <laughs> <laughs> That's I didn't even hear anything. So now we know. Okay, you also let's include this on a bio. You have a cat. Yeah, I have a couple cats. Couple cats. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know what? It could be worse. It could be a dog barking, or somebody knocking on your door, or the mailman coming, or something like that. So this is just <laughs> fine. So recently, you presented to the Walden University faculty at national faculty meeting in National Harbor, Maryland, about literacy. I imagine this was not your first attendance of national faculty meeting, was it? No. Okay. Could you? Discuss your presentation and what uh, meeting students at their level of literacy means to you. Absolutely, yeah. So for that session at National Faculty Meeting, I drew on Macmillan's concepts of levels of literacy, which is something I wrote about in my own dissertation. Um, So it's a theory and some concepts that I've been working with for quite some time. And Macmillan's levels of literacy lays out really a pathway for how adults develop literacy for any particular thing or domain. In Macmillan's case, he was applying it those levels of literacy to academic reading 
and writing, but they've also been used and appropriated to discuss things like students' computer literacy skills, just sort of across domains coming into education, how we have different levels of literacy for particular subject matters and so forth. So these concepts of levels of literacy have been really broadly used. And in fact, I think that levels of literacy can really be applied to just about anything new that we encounter as adults, um, because really they're based on a person's experience and knowledge in a particular domain. And the concept that if we've never experienced something and don't have much knowledge about it, then our literacy in that particular thing is low and it's completely normal. But when we're placed in a situation where we have to perform at a high level of literacy, something that's higher than our current level of experience and knowledge in that particular area, that's when a problem arises. So we become fearful of a challenge and that fear often paralyzes us to move forward in our learning or in developing a level of literacy, a higher level of literacy. And then this is especially true when it comes to our academic writing literacy. And I think something that our student body will really resonate with. Many students come to Walden um, with low levels of experience and knowledge in academic writing and particularly in APA. Mm-hmm. And I want to emphasize that that's completely normal and it's fine. It's expected even mm-hmm. because how could you have experience and knowledge in academic writing if you've never done it before? You know, if you're yeah. a brand new master's student or perhaps your, your master's program didn't demand a lot of writing um, and you're coming into a doctorate program, you know, you're brand new at it and you're not expected to have a high level of literacy related to that. However, I think students perceive that they should sort of right out of the gate be functioning. And I would argue some faculty have that false perception as well that our students right out of the gate have these high levels of academic reading and writing literacy when the fact of the matter is they can't because they haven't been exposed to it. They don't have that experience and knowledge behind it. And then when students don't perform up to perceived levels of the expectations that they're supposed to be performing up to, that's when um, they begin to experience feelings of failure. Yeah. Right. So maybe they get a paperback that has a lot of APA corrections or some writing feedback that they've never received before. Mm-hmm. That can very often be perceived as a failure. They have failed at this. You know, I think what, you know, my goal is to to sort of move away from that because you're not failing at something when you've never done it before, right? You're simply learning, you're expanding your level of experience and knowledge. And that might come with some more critical feedback than you've received. The idea then is you need to take that and build on it and you need to, you know, take that as a learning experience. However, you know, that that feeling of failure leads to fear, right? You know, when we're faced with something that we've never done before, we become very fearful and that leads to paralysis. Um, But what we see a lot, the way students articulate that is they say, I have writer's block. Oh, sure. Yep. You know, so I can't do this or they procrastinate and they don't write. They don't give themselves enough time um, for revision. And so they're writing drafts last minute. They're submitting papers that are full of errors. You know, and again, this is very normal. It's a part of that process. Um, And one thing I really advocate for is for faculty to sort of avoid penalizing students you know, by deducting points or and so forth for errors that might be happening because students are performing outside of their current level of experience and knowledge. You know, it's going to take time to learn APA. It's going to take time to learn how to write like a scholar. And so we need to allow that process to happen. And students need to do their part in doing that. They need to expose themselves to quality academic writing. They need to read. They need to learn how to critically read. 
before they're going to be able to write well. They need to gain experience by writing often, you know, by, again, overcoming that fear and paralysis and just doing it. Even if your writing is not quite at the level that you perceive it should be or your faculty member perceives it should be, you still need to do it and you need to try your best and understand that every time you do it, you're going to get better. There are a couple of points that you hit on that I thought were really interesting is the the first one is that is that it's a team effort. Right. It also requires uh, the faculty members or anyone, anyone in that situation to be able to look at that person and say, you know, maybe instead of evaluating them at this high level, we need to put, place them in an area where they can experience something at a, uh, a level that will meet them at their literacy. And the other point that I think is really interesting is that the definition of literacy in this is different than what most people think of, because most people are thinking of literacy in a very, in a well, <laughs> in a very literal way. Right. Your ability to read, and what we're talking about is your ability to kind of read and understand something. So, so I, I think about this in the sense that ever have you ever learned, tried to learn a second or third language when you're an adult? It's it's a lot more difficult because. The reason they say that is that you always hear that adults, once you get certain past, past a certain age, it's very difficult to learn a second language. One of the reasons is that we are terrified of making mistakes. Right. Children don't care. They, they will make grammar mistakes, speech mistakes all the time. And our job is to correct them so that their grammar is correct. And then we feel this inflated self, a sense of self, and we feel like we shouldn't be making mistakes. But then but that's a natural process of learning. And because language is so social, other people are around you and you feel ashamed when you're being corrected. And I feel like it's the same way when you're trying to figure out if there should be a third comma or two commas. <laughs> that's, it's really the same process. And I came in with MLA when I went to the writing center and they didn't hire me because I, I had APA experience. They hired me because they knew I could learn APA and right. that, I, that I was um, good at helping students with their writing, not necessarily that I had APA experience. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think you make some really great points there, Sean. You know, the, this level of literacy, the very basic level, the lowest level that Macmillan talks about is what's called systemic. So that And that is really what people associate with literacy. It really just means that you have the mental and physical capacity to learn whatever it is you're learning. So okay. if we're talking about academic writing, it means that you know the alphabet, you know basic functions of putting together a sentence, right? So that level of literacy is assumed, right? And so this is going above that. The same is true for, you know, that example you you gave, and I, you're right, I did, um, I think I used the example of um, both having to learn how to operate my ride on lawnmower and my snowblower when I moved into my new house. And, you know, the the amount of time I put off both mowing my lawn and plowing my driveway because I was fearful of making a mistake or doing it wrong or looking you know, silly if my neighbors saw me not knowing how to operate these things, Um, you know, that I put it off and put it off. And finally, you know, you just get to a point, you're like, my grass is long, or I really just need to back my car out of the driveway at some point, (laughs) you know, and then you have to do it. And students are faced with that too. You come to a critical point where you are forced to overcome that fear and paralysis because you have to perform, you have to do something. And with students, especially when they get to the capstone level, when you're writing that dissertation or doc study, at some point, you know, you can't be a student forever. You have to get through it. And yeah. that's really when students are faced with that critical point um, is really when they start to make leaps and bounds in improving that level of literacy because they have to. Yeah. But I think that we can also make efforts to help that happen earlier in the process because yeah. when it happens so late, 
then we see students who are sort of stuck in the pipeline of that capstone process. And that's something we really want to avoid. We want to make that process as smooth as possible. Um, and part of the reason students get held up in that process is because they're not writing yet at the level of literacy that they need to be writing for that particular document. So we want to make sure that they reach that critical point a little bit sooner. Yeah, I agree. And that's, you know, this is actually a perfect segue to talk about the question that I have for you is, I mean, I feel very strongly that one of the reasons the Walton Center for Student Success doctoral writing workshops are so successful um, and the graduate writing courses are so successful is because they um, pull students away from that uh, very sensitive time of of talking directly to a faculty member and only hearing back, you know, this is wrong, this is wrong, correct this, correct this. And the workshops are built around the idea that students can uh, they're capped at 10 students, and students can have a, a very community focused. They they talk with each other. There's only one faculty member, and it's a it's a faculty member who's focused directly on writing. And I feel I think that's it's I guess for lack of a better term, almost the safe zone. And you've been with Walden since 2007, and in a variety of roles. And one of them is associate director, was associate director for the Academic Skills Center, and now you teach uh, both the workshops and courses. How have you seen? These courses and workshops, the, the graduate writing courses and the doctoral writing workshops, um, evolve over the past decade. Yeah. So I have to say it's been a lot of fun. You know, I was around in the days. Um, I'm, I'm very sorry, Sean. There actually is someone knocking at my door. <laughs> Hold it. on just a minute. No, you're fine. All right. Uh, so I'm sorry. We're, yeah, so so yeah. back to it. Yeah. So I was, I mean, I've been at Walden, um, since before these courses really existed in their current, even somewhat format, right? You know, so it really was there for the very initial development of the curriculum and what, and what are these courses going to look like? And that was about a decade ago. Now we have an entire staff of faculty dedicated to, to teaching just these courses. And that's really exciting. And I think it speaks volumes to what you were just saying that, you know, they're successful courses, they're highly valuable um, for both faculty, staff, and students in having these courses around. They've grown not only in what they offer and how frequently they are offered, but also in the quality of researches, yeah. um, sorry, the quality of resources, the teaching modalities, um, really just everything in those courses has evolved. And the reason it has done so, I think, in such a successful way is because there's always room for improvement. You and your team, you know, Emily, the program director, the lead faculty, they are constantly seeking feedback from the people teaching these courses. Yeah, and I think one of their latest um, iterations is the graduate writing courses were um, really slimmed down because of their um, involvement and um, um, I guess as I guess connection to the writing assessment, the doctoral writing assessment, and that's why graduate writing courses were they had, um, initially were designed around the idea that um, they would be standalone courses, and now they're they're shifted into a new iteration where they are more uh, um, kind of adjacent courses that students can take that that are have really slimmed down as opposed to um, producing a product they're uh, more skill based and I think right, that's yeah. And that has to do with just, you're right, with the evolution of the support, the evolution of the number of faculty, the evolution of everything has just changed so much. Um, finally, um, I wanted to discuss, we've been we've been um, talking a lot about your roles at Walden. I want to discuss your work outside of Walden. I think I talked with you a little bit about this during National Faculty Meeting. You are president and founder of Reclaim Fit, located in Minnesota. Tell us a little bit about that. First off, just what is Reclaim Fit? Yeah, well, it's a few things. 
company. It's a fitness company. Um, okay. And it, it really started as a passion project of mine. Um, one in response to um, a lot of a negativity, misinformation, and body shaming associated with the fitness industry, sure. especially for women. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I have a lot of passion around those, around that particular topic. And then obviously I have a lot of passion too for higher education, adult learning, um, and really just making sure that when adults are, as we've been talking about, as they encounter something new, um, that we, that they can do so without feelings of fear and shame. Yeah. I'm a CrossFit coach and a USA weightlifting coach. And so I'm, you know, my other life is very yeah. fitness oriented. And I believe really strongly in the power physical strength has in helping us develop mental strength. So I think as you develop, let's say, literacy for becoming stronger, you know, just focusing on and it's not nothing to do with how your body looks or anything, but really just becoming stronger that that translates over to having um, strength in other domains. When you are strong, you feel self-confident, you have self-efficacy for accomplishing things that you've never done before. Yeah. So that's the, the background of how Reclaim Fit came about, you know, so really just me taking the time to say, I have all these passions in my life and I want to see them come together in some capacity. Yeah. You know, when you're somebody who tends to, to is a self-employed and is really good when you're really good at what you do, you're, all your attention is focused on that. But in order to make a living, you also have to know how to file your taxes, you know, <laughs> use software, track your clients, have a communication plan. You know, there's a lot going into it that is, you know, it's basically two full-time jobs. And so yeah. what ReFit is, it's sort of a way for women to tap into some resources and, and save time. It's an efficient, more efficient way for them to run business. So they get to be their own entity still, but have some help in the business end of things. Yeah. You also... I was I was um, kind of uh, looking around the uh, Reclaim Fit website, and you also write a blog for Reclaim Fit, and I read it. It's it's really good writing. You have a really unique voice. Um, I like um, the familiarity uh, with your voice and the way you, the way you write. And um, how do you balance that that creative writing aspect and the the instructional and like the in the adult learning and the instructional aspect of it in your own writing? Right. You know, balancing creative writing and academic writing are two completely different. <laughs> Things, you know, yeah. so in a lot of our writing courses, we have students talk about their writing history and experiences with writing. And a lot of them are really experienced creative writers, whether it's through journaling or they write poetry. You know, I think it helps you be familiar with the page and looking at a blank page and filling it with words. Yeah. However, it's a completely different kind of writing. And for myself, when I do my creative writing, I have to be in a very different headspace and sometimes even physical space from where I do my work. Yeah. I'll often go to a coffee shop or, or something, you know, I really just need to be isolated in a place where one, um, because I do spend a lot of time editing or helping students learn how to self edit their work, yeah. you really need to turn off that part of your brain when you're doing creative writing. Yeah. You know, you cannot, there's no room for self editing as you're writing, going back later and editing. Absolutely. But, um, so for me, it's just being intentional about, taking some time to do that. That's so interesting that you mentioned that kind of the, the there's an intentional aspect behind it. I really like that. That's a really interesting way of, uh, I, I like that, that word behind it. Yeah. Thank you, Heidi, uh, for joining us today. We'll, we'll call that a wrap. That was a, um, 
very, very informative, and I, I really enjoyed discussing these topics with you. And I, I always learn something when I when I get to talk to people about their passions and about their uh, their area of focus. So thank you very much for discussing that with us today and discussing literacy and and your perspective on it. I really it, it's something that I've I've encountered um, quite often, and I, I think about it quite often when I'm I always think about you mowing your lawn with like <laughs> four foot tall grass when I right. when I encounter an electronic thing I can't understand right. or a new tool. It's much harder to mow long, long grass than it is short. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the good lesson to learn. It. Yeah, yeah, your lawnmower will stall out when your grass is too long. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank I you, Heidi. everyone else. <laughs> well, thank you, Heidi, and have a great day. You too, John. Thank you. That was fun. Thank you. I want to thank my guest this much, Dr. Heidi Marshall, for speaking with us. Be sure to check out the show notes on our blog to find out more about our discussion. And while you're there, be sure to read Heidi's wonderful blog post that adds to our discussion today entitled, Stop the Paralysis, Recognizing Your Level of Academic Literacy. Find out more information about Heidi's company, Reclaim Fit, on their website at www.reclaimfit.com. Finally, Don't forget to check out our website at academicskills.waldenu.edu. Subscribe to our Savvy Student Newsletter, join a webinar, and read our blog. There are so many ways to be in the know here at the ASC. So until next time, Walden students, stay savvy. Hey, you know what? It could be worse. It could be a dog barking or somebody knocking on your door or the mailman coming or something like that. So this is just fine.